morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. So glad that you're here on Pentecost Sunday. Going to be talking about Pentecost Sunday in just a little moment or two. But before we do that, we're going to worship God. Do you know, I've been reading through the Psalms over the last, well, since the 1st of January. Just got to the end of the Psalms uh, today. So if, you've, if you're good at counting, you'll realize I'm one day late behind in my devotions. <laughs> um, but those Psalms at the end of the book of Psalms are all about praise. Praise the Lord. And uh, Glenn had a little bit of a, a joke with us last week, the uh, week before last, teaching his Hebrew hallelujah, uh, which is actually praise the Lord. And it kind of validated that song that I sing with the kids. Um, maybe we could do that today. So we're going to have one side singing the hallelujah, 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 hallelujahs. The other side are going to, no, I'm only kidding. We're not going to do that, okay? But we are going to praise the Lord. <laughs> it's just a wee bit too much for some people. You're just... Uh, but yeah, we're here to praise God today. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus in this place. We're here to welcome the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here already. But I, I don't know about you. I just, I, I just know that I need more of the Holy Spirit day by day by day. Fill me with your Spirit, Lord. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Because I, I know that we need the Holy Spirit in order to live the Christian life that we're called to live. We can't do it on our own. We can't muster up our own strength and do it. We need the Holy Spirit every day to help us. And we're going to just do a little reflection on that today. But let's stand. If you're able to stand, we're going to praise God. You don't need to keep standing all the way through. But if you're if you're able to, then it, it just helps you to really praise God with everything that's within you. Father, we thank you that you're here today. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for your mercy which you poured out upon us. Lord, we know where we've come from. Father, we know how much we have fallen short of the mark. Father, but we know that we can stand complete in you. We stand complete, our sins forgiven, a, a new life created within us. And Father, we come in that knowledge today and we come to worship you, to praise you and to give you glory. Father, we thank you. I thank you that I'm clothed in robes of righteousness today, clothed in Jesus' robes of righteousness today. Father, we thank you that we can stand complete in him. And so, Father, we come to worship you. We come to worship the, the Trinity today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We come to honor the Trinity. We come to honor you today, Father, in everything that we say and everything that we do. We've been doing that in our conversation already. But, Father, we want to just lift our voices in praise to you this morning. In Jesus' name, accept our worship. Amen.
prayers that have been prayed this morning. Father, we thank you for this message in tongues and its interpretation. And Father, there are words that we're familiar with, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, regardless of the storm, that you're in the boat with us. Father, help us not to look to the left or to the right. Father, help us not to fixate on the storm. But Father, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Father, to keep our gaze firmly focused on him. And Father, we thank you that you have given us this relationship with you. Father, that you give us hope, that you give us new life. And Father, that you create an ability within us to keep looking uh, up to you and to looking to Jesus. And uh, I just felt today that as people were gathering for church, maybe for some online today even as well, um, and it was just this sense that you're trying to kind of reach up find Jesus but you just seem to be I don't know it's just like it's almost like something intangible it's like you're trying to get hold of something and you can't quite get a hold of it and I really feel that God is saying you need to keep pressing in you need to keep seeking you need to keep at it keep seeking keep knocking keep asking and the door will be opened you will find the way you will receive what you need from God you'll have that clarity what just appears like uh, just the kind of bright swirling cloud at the moment will be blown away by the Holy Spirit uh, as, as, as the Bible talks about that Ruach, that Ruach of God, the, the wind of the Spirit will blow that away and give you clarity and vision and the thing that you're looking for 
Some people may be looking for answers today. You've been asking God questions and you're looking for answers. Well, it's the same thing. Keep knocking on that door. Keep asking. Keep seeking. And God will open it up to you. God will give you the answer that you're looking for in his time. But wait and be patient. Be patient and wait on the answer. And he will give you the answer that you're needing. Father, we thank you for what you're saying into the life of this church today, for those who are in person, for those who are gathered online, maybe some here for the first time today. And Father, we just we, we are just so glad that you welcome us into your house. We're in the Father's house today. Lord, we're, we're, just, we're coming into your presence today and we sense your presence in this place. And Lord, we pray that as we open up your word in a moment or two, Lord, that you continue to speak to us. Father, that our, our hearts would be open that our spiritual eyes and ears would be open, that our minds, our brains would be open to receive and to engage in all that you want to say as we open up your word in just a moment. And so, Father, we ask that you continue to be with us, that you bless us and that you pour out a spirit of understanding upon us. And, Father, we pray that you just create a hunger and a desire within us for more, for more of you. Father, you're the God of the exceedingly abundantly more over of what we could ever ask or imagine and so father help us to step forward in faith and father to expect more from you in jesus name we ask amen amen please be seated if you're not already great to be in church great to be with church family today i'm looking around the faces and the faces are looking back at me. Well, most of them are. You're probably in transition at the moment, picking up a Bible or getting ready to do something. But so good to see you all today. Lovely to see our holidaymakers returned, looking all sunny. Um, good to be uh, together. Um, just to remind you um, that on Monday, prayer will be on Zoom at 9.30 as normal. Um, on Tuesday, we will be meeting for prayer at 6.30 to pray for prodigals. And then at 7 o'clock to pray uh, as we normally would. Uh, we've transitioned to the Tuesday night. Um, Bobby's going to be leading uh, on Tuesday. He's going to be leading the whole show on Tuesday. So thank you, Bobby, for that. I'm really pleased. Um, and, and the reason that Bobby is leading in the email, you might have seen it, it said that Sam's was leading. But unfortunately, Sam's mum has passed away yesterday in the early hours of the morning. I don't know if you maybe caught that on Facebook. Uh, some of you might already saw that. So we're just... Our hearts go out to, to Sam's and his family today, and we're going to pray for them in just a little minute. So, yeah, let's let's just take a moment to pray for Sam's and as we feel what he's feeling just now with his family. Father, we just thank you for this family. And Lord, we pray for your blessing upon them. Lord, we pray for that comfort which can only come from the Holy Spirit. Lord, Jesus said, I'm going to send you somebody to be with you. I'm going to send you the comforter, the counselor, the one who will be with you. And we've heard that through that interpretation of the tongue today, that he will never leave us, never forsake us. Father, we thank you that you never leave us, never forsake us, that your spirit's always with us. And Lord, we pray at this moment for Sam's and his family and his extended family. Lord, we pray for your comfort upon that whole family. May they know strength that comes from deep within. Father, may they know wisdom as they need to organize practical things over the next few days. And Lord, we just ask that your hand would be with them as a family. Lord, our hearts go out to, 
to Sam's and his family today. Lord, we value them as a family, as brothers and sisters, the kids. Lord, we value them. And Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon them. And Lord, we just ask for your blessing upon their lives at this time. Bless them with peace, with that comfort, and with strength. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So just one other thing, or a couple other things I was going to mention. Um, if you didn't get one of these lists last week, if you missed last week, we're collecting things uh, for baby boxes for Ukraine. There's a little box underneath the table in the foyer there as you come in. Uh, this is a list of things that are required. The box is there. It's clearly marked Ukraine. If you want to just put uh, items that you're donating in there, that would be great. And just lastly, um, this, uh, well, tomorrow, Monday, um, a few of us are going to be travelling up to Oban, getting a ferry across to, to Barra, and then driving down to Vatersay, camping overnight, and then we're going to be cycling over three days up to the north of Lewis to raise money for Watoto. Um, Watoto is an organisation that we've partnered with in the past. We've had the choir here on several occasions, um, and we've had Jonathan come and speak in the church. Um, they do an incredible work. They're supporting over 3,000 children who are orphans in Uganda at the moment. Not only the children, but mothers as well who have lost husbands, so widows as well. And, and the Watoto mums look after Watoto kids and families. And so we're, we're just raising money to, to help them with the work that they do to raise the profile of Watoto as well. So Jonathan's going to be joining us. Um, he's somewhere in transit just now. I think he's been in Canada and he's on his way back. Uh, a glutton for punishment, I, th I think. Um, so if you want to sponsor us, you're more than welcome. You are given to Watoto. You can do that via the church uh, or the stewardship platform that the church has or easy fundraising. Um, if you want to know more information, just come and ask. Um, let me just pray before I open up the Bible this morning. I say open up the Bible, mine is on, oh, this, is, this is my Bible, there you go, I'll turn it around so the camera can see it as well, okay, so it's, it's my notes, um, but if you want to open your Bibles in a minute to Acts chapter 2, Father we just ask that you come and speak to us today through your spirit, Lord we just invite your Holy Spirit to come and open up our whole being to receive what you want to share and deposit in our hearts today, and so we ask this in Jesus name, Amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. An incredible account of the birth of the church around 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit came and met with these disciples. Pentecost, this is Pentecost Sunday, and Pentecost is actually a Jewish festival, also known as Shavuot, I don't know if I pronounced it right, which means Feast of Weeks, and it's a culmination of seven weeks after the day of Passover. And in order to understand this, we need to go back in time to the book of Exodus. And let's go back even further than that to a book called Genesis. Genesis is the beginnings, the seedbed of the Bible. Pretty much everything that the Bible has to say, you'll find in some form in the book of Genesis. And in, the Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, we read about a man called Abraham. Well, he's Abram at the time. His name gets changed to Abraham. 
And Abraham has a son called Isaac. His name doesn't get changed. Isaac has a son called Jacob. His name gets changed to Israel. You've got to keep up with all these name changes. I wonder how they did it in those days. And Jacob, or who became Israel, had a son called, well, he had 12 sons. One of them was called Joseph. And he had that coat of many colors, okay? Just so that you're aware that that's the Joseph that we're talking about. Because there's a few Josephs mentioned in the Bible. And Joseph and his family went down to Egypt to flee from starvation, from famine. And it says, if you read Genesis chapter 46, that there was uh, 68 of them, plus Joseph's two boys who were already in Egypt, were reckoned as 70 people who went down with Jacob into Egypt. And they went there and they were treated as royalty. However, things changed. Pharaoh died, a new Pharaoh came, and the people began to be oppressed. And we read as we go on and into the book of Exodus that the people left Egypt and they went from 70 people to now 600,000 men. That's not including the women and the children. They had been busy in Egypt, hadn't they? And that night, the night of their exodus, they were trying to escape from captivity, from slavery, from the oppression that they were experiencing. And that night they left Egypt, God instructed them to uh, initiate a new celebration called Passover. And Passover comes from uh, the angel of death passing over the Israelite houses. Israelite named after Israel, who was Jacob. And this is what they had to do. They had to take a lamb and they had to sacrifice that lamb. It's all a bit gross, I know. And they had to take the blood of the lamb and, and paint it onto the, the, the doorpost, the lintels of the door, the top and the two sides. And when the angel of death passed over, he would see the blood and he would pass over that house and the firstborn would be spared. We know if you read Genesis, if you read Exodus, sorry, that the firstborn of people and animals died that night and the, the, the Egyptians were just like guys, get out of here. Just get out of here. And so we read that they escaped from Egypt. And 50 days after they come out, 50 days after that Passover, they actually left at night. 50 days after that, Moses is on top of this mountain called Sinai. And on that day, Moses receives the law, the Ten Commandments, and he brings that to the people. Well, that was the plan anyway. He came down the hill and the people were worshiping an idol and he broke the tablets. But that was the day, 50 days after Passover, when Israel became a nation. Not just a family, not just a small family, but they became a nation. That's the background, or that's part of the background to this story. And we need to read in Exodus 19. God said through Moses, now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And then we fast forward all the way through history to what I call the Passover. The Passover started all those years ago. Now we come to a special Passover where Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. Do you get the picture from the Old Testament? We come all the way through into the New Testament and Jesus becomes the sacrificial lamb. He is the one whose blood is shed so that we can have life, so that we will not be spiritually, spiritually, physically dead. 
We will, may, may die, this body will die, but we will rise again. And so we come to this Passover, and we again count 50 days down from that Passover, and here are the disciples in this room. And what does the Bible say? Peter was the person who stu stood up on the day of Pentecost and began to speak. And this is what Peter writes in his book in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you, I better put it up on the screen. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Does it sound familiar? A people coming out of Egypt, receiving the law, becoming a nation. And I think about Moses, and I think this is an incredible leader. Not only was he a spiritual leader, he was a political leader. He was a social leader. He was a religious leader. Uh, he was a military leader. He, he, everything that a, a nation leads to, needs to be led, he, he was that for that nation. And here are the disciples all these years later. And Jesus has risen from the dead. We read in the Bible that Jesus not did, he didn't stay on that cross. He rose from the dead. He was alive again. Are we excited about that? Because he's still alive. Are we sure we're excited about that? <laughs> Some of you need convincing. Jesus is alive. And they waited over the course, well, they were with Jesus over the course of 40 days where Jesus appeared to so many people and then Jesus was ascended. He went back into heaven. And then 10 days after that came this day of Pentecost. During those 10 days, they waited expectantly. They watched. They prayed. They ate together. They, they prayed together. They obeyed the word of the Lord that Jesus had given them. And I wonder what their question would have been during those 10 days. Do you think it will be today? Do you think it'll be today? Well, what was going to happen? Well, we need to go back into Acts chapter 1 to find out what happened. But one thing I want to say before we do that is that God's timing is perfect. God is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Sorry, for all the Lord of the Rings fan, I had to get that one in. God's never late. He arrives exactly when he intends to come. And the day of Pentecost was chosen for the Spirit to come for a specific reason. There were devout Jews from all over who were there. And let's put up a picture so that you can see. They were from all over the known world at the time. They had come together in Jerusalem for this festival. And this was the moment where God chose to pour out His Spirit. And the disciples began to speak in other tongues. The languages of the people that you see on the screen. I'm pointing to the, the telly up the back. So just in case you're confused all these nations, and they began to speak in these languages, declaring the wonders of God, and all these people were like, what's happening? They rushed to the point where this was happening, the epicenter of what God was doing. Why were they, why were they waiting to start with? I, I, I want to say that they were waiting because Jesus had given them a command. I wonder, do we really take the commands of Jesus seriously? Jesus has commanded the church to do certain things. They are not optional extras. You either obey the commands that God has given or you disobey the commands that God has given. There's no middle ground. You're either obeying or you're disobeying. If, if you're disobeying, you're in sin. And you need to repent of that and ask God to forgive you. 
And if you want me to go through the Ten Commandments, I could go through the Ten Commandments, which are the ones that Moses came down the hill with. We're either obeying the commands of God or we're disobeying the commands. There is no middle ground. We need to take this really seriously. But on this occasion, the command was that they wait. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. On one occasion, while he was sitting eating with them, Jesus, this is the risen Christ, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. He'd already talked about it. For John baptized with water, John the Baptist, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking about a different kind of baptism, a baptism nonetheless, a baptism of the Spirit. It's a command to wait. It's a command. How many of you would have had the patience to wait in a room with a bunch of people for 10 days? No praise band, no coffee breaks. Well, they might have had coffee breaks, but they wouldn't have had coffee those days, I don't think. Just to wait on the Holy Spirit coming. Have you ever tried to wait for 10 days? I'm lucky if I can wait for 10 minutes. They waited for 10 days, and every day they got up, they would have said, I wonder if it's going to be today. They probably hadn't clicked about the strategic day that was coming up, Pentecost. Stay in Jerusalem, physically, in the one place. Waiting emotionally. There is an emotional dynamic to waiting. You'll know. If you're waiting for your birthday coming and you've been promised a big present, you're like, I can't wait. <coughs> and when I did that, I gunked up my throat. Sorry a second. No more sound effects. Waiting and waiting and waiting. Waiting for the gift that the Father had promised, the Holy Spirit, the gift from God. Do you know it's difficult to wait in the promises of God? I find it difficult. I want everything to happen yesterday. And when we're waiting on the promises of God, go back to that guy Abraham we talked about. What did he do? God had promised him a son. What did he do? He had a son in his own strength called Ishmael. And Ishmael became a bit of a thorn in the flesh for the, the son of promise that would be born Isaac. Um, I'm just going to skip on it. I'm just going to miss a little bit in my notes. Um, the second thing I want to point out is that there had been a promise. It's a promised gift. And it's not just a promise for the disciples in their day. This is a promise for every single person who's alive today. Every single person in the world who's alive today can receive this promise of the Holy Spirit. That's incredible. And this is what the Bible says. In, well, uh, it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power. That's the promise. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, when the Holy Spirit is superimposed upon you, can you see the Holy Spirit on me today? You know that phrase you sometimes hear, looks good on you. Does the Holy Spirit look good on you today? Hey? Can I see the Holy Spirit in you today? Does the Holy Spirit look good on you? Sometimes, the Holy, sometimes I wonder if the Holy Spirit's even there in my life, you know, and you go, where, where did he go in that moment? And he's like, I'm right here. And you've just upset me by what you just said or what you just did or what you just thought. And the, and the Holy Spirit can be grieved. But it says here that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They would receive power. Who all wants to have 
power. Unlimited power. Sorry, that's a Star Wars reference. But I can't do the impersonation, but Josh will do it for you later on, okay? I want to live a powerful Christian life. I don't want to be struggling with the same things day after day after day. I was at that point one time in my life where it was the same things. I'm like, why do I never get the victory in that? Because the Holy Spirit wasn't being allowed to give me the victory. We try to achieve victory in our own strength, in our own mind, in our own thoughts, in our own power, and we fail and we fail and we fail when what we need to do is surrender our lives to God and say, Holy Spirit, come, come and help me with this. That's a promise that's there for all of us. Are you content with powerless Christianity? Is it a rhetorical question? Let's not make it a rhetorical question. Are you content with powerless Christianity? I am not content with powerless Christianity. I want powerful Christianity, rugged Christianity, brave and courageous Christianity, the type of thing that we see in Jesus that took him to that cross, the type of thing that we see in these disciples who were filled with power and enabled them, some of them, most of them in fact, to become martyrs for the faith that they professed and believed in. Powerless Christianity. This is what it looks like. No strength, no victory over sin, despite the best of efforts. No assurance of salvation. No vision for the future. No living hope of an eternal security. No sense of the purpose of God. No desire to pray and to read the Word of God. That's what powerless Christianity looks like, and that's not what I want. 120 people were in a room here about to become an explosive force that would massively impact the world. And here we are, 2,000 years later, the result of the explosive force that happened on the day of Pentecost. What if we all experienced the same power at the same time? Wow, that would be incredible. I've been baptized in the Spirit, but I want it again. I want more of the Holy Spirit again and again and again. Why? So that we can be strong, so that we can overcome sin, so that we can be assured of salvation, that we're prepared to die for the Lord perhaps, that we have a vision to reach out. For these guys, it was Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. One of the reasons that we're doing this cycle next week is because we believe in mission. That's what's at the heart of it, to raise money for mission. That's what's at the heart of it. The reason that we support missionaries month by month is because we believe in what Jesus talked about. Not only our Jerusalem, which is this little area around about us here, or our Judea and Samaria, which are the surrounding towns and villages, West Lothian maybe. I don't know. How big's your vision? How many people do you want to reach? We've got people coming to this church from all over. Man, I, I, I did a list not so very long ago, just a few weeks ago, and I was like, where are we all coming from? And I was like, man, we're coming from all over the place. Not even in West Lothian, just there are people from South Lanarkshire. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> and welcome to those who are online, because I'm sure you'll be watching as well. Because they had a vision for outreach. They'd caught something of the life of God, and that life was bursting out of them. It was bursting out of them in a way where they just expressed it in a language they'd never learned. That's the kind of Christianity want, that, that I want, a living and dynamic hope, a sense of destiny about my life 
of the purpose of God, of the usefulness of me and you to the purposes of God in this world. That's the kind of Christianity I want. People who have a hunger to get into the presence of God. People have a hunger to get into the Word of God and to learn. The third thing that I see is a response. In Acts chapter 1 verse 14, it says that they all joined together constantly in prayer. That would be some Zoom prayer meeting, Bobby. Eh? I think there'd be a few people switching off their cameras and their microphones to go away and have a wee cup of tea. No, not these guys. They were together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Can I, can I just say something? Prayer time is power time. Prayer time is preparation time. And prayer time is participation time. People say, what can I do in the church? Pray. Come together to pray. Can I encourage you again to come together to pray on Zoom or in person when we start to do them in person again, even if it's only once a month, to be together in the one place, join together in prayer, expecting God to come and do something. That's what I want. Prayer time is not wasted time. Sometimes we think prayer time is wasted time. As I was reading up on this passage that we read today, Acts chapter 2, I came across something about this whole thing about waiting, waiting in prayer, waiting for God to do something. And this is what one commentator said. Perpetual occupation may be more less, uh, sorry, may be more loss of time than devout waiting with hands folded because the heart is wide open to receive the power which will fit the hands for better work. If you're not getting what I'm saying here, sometimes we can be so busy trying to do things in our own strength, with our own power, with our own minds, with our own will, and not waiting with God. It says arms folded. Just, I, I don't ever envisage myself doing this when I'm waiting on God to come and do something. I'm like, Lord, Lord, come. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was sitting on a seat with my arms outstretched, and a guy called Victor from London, with his London accent, prayed for me. Something happened in that moment, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. I didn't know what I was waiting for that day. I just knew I had to get this guy to pray for me. And the Holy Spirit came, waiting, waiting with expectation. We can be so busy doing things for God in our own strength and not waiting on the strength from God that would enable us to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. That second time that's come up that day, that today, that scripture verse, and it's actually for me the third time, because somebody texted me that verse this morning, another retired minister who says, I just want to encourage you, I'm praying for you today, have a great day, and he sent me that verse, and it just stuck in me, I hadn't planned to say it, but it's coming out. God can do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine, and we come with our little thing and say, Lord, here, use this. And God says, I'm going to pour my spirit into that and I'm going to make that explode. That little which you have, I'm going to make it explode. Think about the feeding of the 5,000. Five loaves and two fishes fed 5,000 people. I don't know about you, if it was me, I'd be panicking. I'm saying, we've got 5,000 people pitching up to church this week, weekend and we've only got five loaves and two fish. We need to get down to a little. 
everybody get down to Lidl and get a trolley. The little bit that we can do with our understanding, and yet God can take it when we wait in His power, He can take it and multiply it. That's the type of Christianity that I want in my life, where God can take the little and multiply it and make it fruitful. Do you know, all the way through these four verses that we read back at the start there, it just, it's incredible when you just meditate on those verses. All the way through those verses, there are things happening. There are things happening. What's a doing word? It's a, a verb. It's full of verbs. Robert, I've been studying my grammar. We have gone. We haven't went. Okay. I actually said, have gone this week. And I was like, I've done it. I've done it for the first time. I've done it. I've got it right. Robert's not going to pull me up in my bad grammar. Yes. There are things happening all the way through this passage of Scripture. They're gathering. There are sounds that sound like the blown of a mighty wind. I wonder where it started, but it found its way into this room. There were things that they could see. Fires like little tongues that rested on uh, people's heads. What did, what's that all about? I, I could do with some of that today. That would be amazing. You know, we could have really done with that in lockdown when everybody was wearing masks, eh? Tongues of fire. I'm like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> Things were happening. And then there was the moment where the Holy Spirit came in and filled them and, 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 and enabled them. And there was a beginning and they began to speak in other languages they had never learned. Notice that the things of the Spirit always have a beginning. They always have a beginning. Going back to 1990 in that little church in Japan, it was a small beginning for me. Lord, I need to get this guy to pray for me. So I go and I get him to pray for me. And he says, put your hands out. And as, he, as I put my hands out, he prays for me. Something happens. And I'm like, but it was just, it was a beginning. And he said, you need to go home and put that into practice. And so you go home and you're kneeling down beside your bed. Well, for me, it was the apartment in the middle of Kyoto. And I'm kneeling beside my bed trying to pray in tongues. And I'm like, this is weird. This is a bit bizarre. I'm not going to speak in tongues. We could do another two or three sermons on that. But I'm not going to go into that today because there's different types of tongues. It had a beginning. It started small. And you practice and you lean in, and you pray, and you seek, and you ask God. What does Paul say in Philippians 3.12? That we press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. We keep going. We press into it. It might start small, but we press into it, and we keep going, and we keep seeking. We keep knocking. We keep asking. And these people were united. They were united and that's, that, that picture of unity in Acts is amazing. I'm just highlighting some of the words there. They were in one place. The whole house was filled with the sound that came from heaven. The tongues of fire, or the, it appeared to be tongues of fire, rested on each of them. They saw what looked like tongues of fire resting on each one of them. And the Holy Spirit filled all of them. The Holy Spirit enabled all of them. And then... The last thing is that the initiative was from heaven. It's always from heaven. God is the prime mover. The Holy Spirit is the prime mover. The prime motive is the salvation of souls from every tribe, every tongue, every language, every nation, the spread of the gospel throughout the whole world. 
And the mode of communication is through those filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them. All of them. Men and women. Not just the apostles. Not just the big cheeses. Because sometimes we think, we, we think it's, all, it's all about the big cheeses. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? It's like when you see people who are leading, you go, wow, they must live such perfect lives. And, you know, it's like, I wish I could be like that person. Well, the Holy Spirit comes into every single person, every one of those 120 people in that room. And Jesus said back in Acts chapter 1-8, you will be my witnesses. Witnesses. People who will talk about what God has done and on that day, on that day, these gathered people, 3,000 of them, heard the message after Peter's sermon. Jews who would understand the significance of Pentecost, who would probably understand that something was happening here but didn't know what. So Peter got up and explained it to them. And what does he do? He goes straight back into the Old Testament, a Jew who knows his Old Testament, and he says that this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and he begins to open up and explain to them. And that day, 3,000 people, 3,000 people become Christians. 3,000 people put their faith in the risen Jesus. This Jesus whom you crucified is what he says. Wow. This Jesus whom you crucified. Can I say that with respect today to every person in here and to every person online? This Jesus that you crucified this Jesus that I crucified, we put him on the cross. It was our sin that he came to deal with. Our sin, your sin, my sin, that's what he came to deal with. And he gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift from heaven to empower us to tell other people about the same message, this same Jesus. How are we going to respond? How will we respond to what God is saying today? There are different ways. There are probably umpteen ways that we can respond to this today. The first response, and I don't recommend it, is quiet but polite resistance. Quiet but polite resistance. That might be good for some people in the church. As for me, we do things this way. This gift is for everyone. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the power that comes through the Holy Spirit is for everyone. But we can quietly and politely resist and say, no, thank you. I'm quite happy with my world and what's going on. The second response is this, and it's to yield to the Holy Spirit. To say, here am I. Here am I. Come and fill me. Come and empower me. Come and help me to overcome. Help me to be a witness. Help me to be somebody who's ready to go to the very end. We thought about Peter last week. Oh, I'll go to prison with you. I'll die with you. No, he wouldn't. Because he didn't have the inner resources yet. But when the day of Pentecost came... He was filled with the Spirit, and he stood up with the eleven, and he began to bear witness about Jesus. 3,000 people added to the church that day. And as we go on in the book of Acts, we see that the church was not only added to, but it began to multiply, and it spread out 
spread it through persecution, in fact. But will you quietly and politely resist and say, oh, okay, that's okay for the pastor, he's a bit crazy. But okay, well, it's okay for Beck because she gives a message in tongues, but she's a bit crazy as well. We're in the same club, okay? I mean that totally respectfully, Beck, you know my heart. It's not just for one or two specialists. I want to really emphasize this. This isn't for the specialists. I stand up here Sunday by Sunday and think, I wish I was a specialist. I love being a specialist in Mitsubishi. I knew analog electronics. I was a specialist in it. And I like being a specialist. And I never feel like as a Christian I'm a specialist in anything. I'm like, Lord, help me. Another Sunday, help me again. This is for everybody. This is not for the specialists. It's not for the big cheeses, although it's for them as well. And it is for people who are good at certain things. It's for them as well, but it's for everybody. Rather than quietly and politely say, no, thank you, I want to encourage us just to yield to the Holy Spirit and to what He wants to do in our lives. What's your response going to be today? Do you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life? You might have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You might have experienced all that, but we can, you know, somebody says we need to keep being filled with the Spirit. In the Bible, the, the grammar talks about be being filled. It's something that we keep doing. We, we've got to keep coming back and getting topped up because guess what? We leak, right? The Holy Spirit leaks out of us. We get distracted by life and all sorts of stuff happens and we leak. And our Christianity becomes like, we can, you just kind of feel yourself wilting. It's like, it's like my wee plants that are out the back. When they don't get water, they tell you that they need water because they just start to grow like that. And we're the same. We're the exact same. We need to be filled with the Spirit day by day. I want to encourage you to make it a daily pursuit. And we don't need to be in a special place. It doesn't need to be with the, the keyboard playing at the end of a service, which is the cue for the speaker to stop speaking, by the way. So if you, if you want me to stop, just come up and start playing, okay? <laughs> We don't need to wait for special moments. And I was praying today, Lord, what do we do at the end of the service today? Do you know, I think what God said was two things. If somebody wants to come and be prayed for, let them come and be prayed for at the end of the service. We're not going to do any responses, appeals, all that kind of stuff, right? But the second thing is this. To encourage people to go home and to seek God for the power that we're talking about today the type of power that will enable you to live your way, live your life in a way that when that day comes when you're under persecution or where something's happening, that you have the strength to stand in the faith that God has given you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Go home and seek God. Earnestly seek God. Earnestly seek the Holy Spirit to come into your life. If there are areas you've been struggling with, we've alluded to that today. Ask God to come and empower you to overcome in those areas and to give you victory. And so the invitation's there. If you want somebody to pray with you today, then somebody will pray with you today. I'll be down the front here. But I encourage you to seek, to seek, to seek, to seek. To knock, to knock, to knock, to knock. To ask, to ask, to ask, Dad, can I get? 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 Dad, can I get it? It's like, oh, okay, just shut up. 
Not that that ever happens in our family. But I want to encourage you to keep on asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And God will open up the door for you. He will. Believe for it. God is able to do abundantly more above everything that you could ask or imagine. Keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. I probably get the order of those things wrong, (laughs) different every time I say them. But you know what I'm saying. And that's what I wanted to finish off today with, is that verse from Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you think you need in life will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. Let's just finish our time in prayer today. And well done to the boys and girls. They've been fantastic today. So well done. Father, we thank you that we are able to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit from you. Father, you don't have favorites. Lord, this gift is for everyone. And Lord, we know that when we become Christians, your Holy Spirit comes in. But Lord, we, we, we need that baptism. We need that infilling of power, that endowment with power to live victorious Christian lives. Father, to live lives which are focused on you, to live lives which are missional in their outlook. Father, thinking about how do I share the gospel with that person? How do I show love to that person? How do I show them the love of God? Father, hearts that are missional and want to reach out. Because, Father, your desire is to call a people from every tribe, every nation, every language. Father, to call a people to yourself that will be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Father, to be a people who will be your ministers in this world, this broken and fallen world. And so, Father, we pray, lead us into that, we ask. Lord, we pray for those in Ukraine, our brothers and sisters there who need this power. Father, they need this power to be your witnesses right now. And so, Father, we pray that you come and that you just bring that deluge of your spirit in that nation and the surrounding nations. But, Father, we in this nation need a deluge, a fresh infilling of your power. And, Lord, we we just confess that today. We ask that you would come and that you would fill us. Father, we pray for the fulfillment of that vision which Jean Darnall had and she shared in many places in Scotland many years ago. Father, of this outpouring of your Spirit that would create a missional force. Father, the church is meant to be a missional force, to go out and to, to, to share the gospel. Lord, we pray for the fulfillment, fulfillment of these words over our nation. Father, we pray for the fulfillment of the prophetic words spoken over this church. And Lord, we know that we can't do it in our own strength, but Lord, we're waiting in you to come and to visit us with power, Father, to enable us to be your witnesses in a way that we've not done before. Lord, take us to a new level. May there be an expansion of the things of this church, the life of this church. Father, may there be an elevation of the giftedness in this church, whether we speak or lead or greet or whatever we do. Father, may there be an elevation in all that we do in this church. Father, take us to a new place, to a new level, because, Lord, there's a a community that surrounds us here in Whitburn. There are communities that surround us in in, in this area of West Lothian and beyond, Father, which need a visit of God. And so, Father, we ask that you would come by power and that you would pour out your Spirit on our nation in a fresh way. Lord, we need it. And, Lord, even next week as we stand at the site of the Lewis Revival up there in Lewis, Father, in uh, Oh, I've forgotten the name of the place. But Father, we ask that you would come as we pray, that you would respond to our prayer. 
And Lord, we ask that you would just minister into this nation. We need it, Lord. We need it so much. So we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. The name of the place is Barvis. Uh, we will be praying there. Um, tune in on Facebook and stuff like that over the course of the week. But Lord bless you. Have a great week. Seek, ask, knock, keep pressing in. Amen.